ओम श्री साई राम प्रशांति संदेश क्वेश्चन एंड आंसर सेशन वी हैव डिस्कस्ड अर्लियर टू एस्पेक्ट्स ऑफ द डिवाइन वन दैट इज बियॉन्ड आवर थिंकिंग वॉट वी कॉल अचिंचा ए सी एच आई एन टी वाई ए अचिंचा बियॉन्ड आवर थिंकिंग देन वी थॉट द अनमैनिफेस्ट एस्पेक्ट अव्यक्ता ए वी ए के टी एच ए एंड नाउ वील कम टू the another aspect of the divinity that he is in infinite forms the divine has infinite forms ananta a n a n t h e achincha avyakta now ananta infinite to say that the divine is unmanifest means that it is formless to say that it is beyond thinking means that it is formless but the sage says that the divine has infinite forms let us try to understand this only the formless can have infinite forms something that has its own form cannot have many forms if i have a form then i am li- limited to that form but if i don't have a form then i have a fluidity fluidity then i can be any form in any form hence the divine can become a tree it can become a rock it can become the sky it can become a flower an animal a human being it can become anything it has no form of its own so it can have infinite forms if it had a form of its own then this would not be possible all that we see in the world is the appearance what we call abhasa a b h a b h a s a abhasa the form but the stream of life that is flowing through all forms is without a form nirakara n i r a k a r a hence it can take any form the ocean can become a wave of any form a small big tidal or anything the ocean can take the form of any wave because the ocean is not a wave the ocean can manifest through any wave because it is not limited by identification with only a certain kind of wave no formless means fluid flowing we can understand this way if i pour water into a glass it will take the form of a glass if i pour it into a pitcher pitcher it will take the form of a pitcher water will take the form <coughs> of beg your pardon 
water will take the form whatsoever I pour it into. Water has no form of its own. It is fluid. But if I put a stone into a glass, it will make no difference. The stone will keep its form. If I put into a pitcher, then too it will keep its form. Stone will keep its form wherever it is put. Well, it may change its forms, but water cannot become fire or a stone. Please understand. Stone is solid, not liquid. But water still has a form, even if it is a fluid form. So why it cannot become a fire or a stone? Even the fluidity of water, of water has a form. Water can have many forms, but only as water. It cannot change its form beyond the bounds of being water. Because it is liquid, it can take many forms, but only within the limits of being water. The divine is fluid, but it is not confined by any limit. Its fluidity is without limits. Hence it can become a tree, or a stone, or a water. Now even scientists say that through analyzing matter, as they move deeper and deeper, they are experiencing more and more all that matter is born out of the same energy, one energy. In the past, alchemists, who knows how many others all over the world were trying in some way to turn baser metals into gold. They never succeeded, but their hopes have now been fulfilled. Now science says there is no obstacle to iron becoming gold, because energy in iron and in gold is the same. It is only a matter of increasing or decreasing some electrons. The difference is only of the electrons. Somewhere there are 10, somewhere there are 12, somewhere 15, and somewhere 20. It could be any number. But the difference only in the number of electrons, not in the electrons as such. So, if one element has 20 electrons and another has 25 electrons, then by adding 5 more electrons to the first element, it will become the second element. Iron can become gold. Experiments have been done and there is no difficulty in it. The gold is not sold commercially because it is much more expensive than ordinary gold. It would be pointless to try to, try to sell it. Adding or taking out electrons is a very expensive process, hence it is not done commercially. But technically there is no problem in it. Dust can be turned into gold and gold into dust. Now it's not a problem because man has managed 
to discover atomic fission. Atomic fission means that it is now possible to change the number of electrons in an atom. It also means there is one formless reality behind everything. Now this fact has also been confirmed through scientific research. By increasing or decreasing the number of electrons, a baser metal can be transformed into gold. But so far, science has not been able to figure out what to increase or decrease so that matter can become consciousness. Please note it. Nothing has been discovered so far to transform the matter into consciousness or what to increase or decrease so that consciousness can become matter. Spiritual discipline gives us a clue about what to increase so that matter can become consciousness or what to decrease so that consciousness becomes matter. The name for this process of spiritual discipline is meditation. Yes, if meditation grows, then matter will start becoming consciousness. And if meditation becomes less, then consciousness will start becoming matter. A rise in the level of meditation will result in the transformation of matter into soul. When the meditation becomes total, the whole world becomes godly. Then you will start seeing God everywhere, the ocean within every wave. You will simply forget the wave. It is interesting that if we are mindful only of the wave, then the ocean will be forgotten. And if you are mindful of the ocean, then the wave will be forgotten. Both cannot remain in your focus simultaneously. It is the same when a person tries to focus on each individual tree, then the forest will not be there. And if you focus on focuses on the whole world, the individual trees will not be there. Both things cannot be in your attention at the same time. It's possible for you to focus on each individual tree separately and on the forest at the same time. It is impossible, I say. It is not possible because the very meaning of a forest is that there are no individual trees. There is only a collectivity, a formless collectivity. And the very meaning of a tree is that there is no forest. There is only the individual tree. In exactly the same way, if you are aware of a wave, the ocean will disappear. And if we are aware of the ocean, the wave will disappear. This is the reason why a wise man like Adi Shankara experienced that world is an illusion. It was not just some theoretical concept, but people also come to this conclusion theoretically. For example, in the West, Berkeley, Berkeley came to this conclusion. Berkeley has said that the world is an illusion, but this is theoretical. 
Berkeley has no direct experience. Through rational and logical thinking, he has deduced that because the reality of the world cannot be proved, it must therefore be unreal. Many people have compared Berkeley to Shankara, but there is no comparison. Many people have done great comparative research on Shankara and Berkeley, but all that research is based on misunderstanding only. It is misunderstanding because Berkeley has no experience of meditation, his own experience of thinking, no, and Shankara has not come to any conclusion through thinking. It is all through meditation. Hence, you cannot compare the two, although they may have made similar statements. Both Berkeley and Shankara say that the world is dreamlike. If you want, you compare these two statements. But it will be wrong to compare them because both statements have come out of two different levels of consciousness. Berkeley says this because the reality of the world cannot be proved. And Shankara says this because he has known the, uh, he has known another reality, a reality before which this reality just disappears. On the day Shankara has experienced the Brahman, the ultimate reality, the world also disappeared for him because both could not exist simultaneously. As long as the world is seen, the Brahman, the ultimate reality, is not seen. When the Brahman is seen, the world is not seen anymore. The very meaning of the world is that you see from the perspective of the wave. And the meaning of the Brahman is that you see from the perspective of the ocean. The formless, which is beyond thinking, is unmanifest. Hence, it manifests in any forms. All forms belong to it, and it belongs to no form. This is what is meant by infinite forms. We can apply the same principle in relation to our Bhagavan. We have gone through his biography where we have seen he manifested in different forms. He manifested in the form of a Shirdi statue. He manifested in the form of a, 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 a monkey that carried his picture to a devotee's house. He has taken the form of a person, say a midwife. He has taken the form of a watchman. He has taken several forms as we know. Therefore, Swami has taken so many forms. So Swami is Ananta, infinite. You cannot simply limit him to the physical frame that you see here. It is only fractional, decimal, but it is ananta, infinite. Because he is infinite, infinite or infinity is unmanifest. 
because it is infinite and unmanifest, it cannot be within the range of our thinking, unthinkable. Thus, in these three aspects, achincha, avyakta, and ananta, the three dimensions of the same divinity, we could discuss, apply to Swami. Yes, how do you think of Swami? What do you know? He, he said, you cannot think of me. You cannot estimate me. You can only experience him. And you cannot express avyakta. What is it you express? The one, after all, you may express in a couple of words, they are inadequate. They are all inadequate. Words fail, words fail. To uh, explain his divinity in depth. So Bhagavan is avyakta, achincha and ananta. Thank you. We'll meet later.